You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the last half hour of this day's Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser here in the Fargo studios between the railroad track and the cathedral. That's right, in the Metal Lark building. Look for the big yellow bird on the east side of the building. I'd like to thank Father Shannon Bouquet for being on last half hour, talking about euthanasia and walking with our elderly. And, and just at the end, I just I have to just mention there's two things that really come to my mind when, it, when I think about the elderly. My wife's father is in his 90s and still very, very sharp, amazing. But one of the first things I did when I first got to know him is I recorded, you know, because Pope Francis says our elderly, their wisdom, that they're a treasure. And I have hours of interviewing him just sitting and we would go out, you know, and just sit wherever, you know, on trips, we'd just take a break and, and we'd, he'd talk. I said, tell me your story. Tell me about growing up. He, he, he was born in Germany, you know, went to South Africa to farm, you know, and, and married, married his wife there and raised this family. And he has so, so much wisdom, so many great stories to tell. But it's also, it's also our heritage, our history. That's my wife's history. And because I'm married to her, my history, our son's history so important for them to speak. They have so much wisdom. The second example I touched on briefly at the end of my interview with Father Bouquet was my mother. My mother passed away almost a year ago now, the end of March of 2021. And we were very blessed to have her in our home for many months before she passed on. And so she would see my son daily. And they developed such an amazing relationship. And even though he was young, He's going to take those memories and that wisdom and that experience with him the rest of his life. He, he, and one of his favorite things saying, I really want to see Jesus in heaven. I want to see grandma and grandpa. And his, his biological mother has passed away too. So I really want to see all of them in heaven. I said, oh, that's great. You know, when Jesus, I, I wanted to, you know. So, I mean, he gets it. So anyway, let's really, really love our elderly. Well, I'd like to welcome to the show Father Seth Gogolin from the Diocese of Duluth. Welcome, Father Seth. Thank you so much. Great to be on. Hey, Seth, before we get into the meat and potatoes of these works of mercy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. Uh, you said I'm a priest of the Diocese of Duluth. I currently serve at two parishes in the city of Duluth, St. John the Evangelist and St. Benedict. Uh, I also work with our um, school system here in the city of Duluth, Bellamaris Academy, and I'll be celebrating my uh, 10th year as a priest this summer. Congratulations. That's wonderful, Father. Thanks so much. Thank you. you know, here in Lent, we, we talk about, you know, you know, denying ourselves, you know, making these sacrifices and stuff. And people have heard about works of mercy, spiritual and corporal, but I think there's probably some confusion or misunderstanding about what they are. Can you maybe help us out with the spiritual and corporal works of mercy? Sure, certainly. So I think when we group them together, first of all, they, they both help us basically live out our life as disciples of Jesus Christ. Like, Living the works of mercy is how we follow Jesus. Um, but, they, yeah, they can be confusing, and they are a little bit different groups, right? So the corporal works of mercy, um, we focus on the, the bodily needs of our brothers and sisters, um, and the spiritual works of mercy on the needs of our souls. 
And you know, that, that, that's such a great thing, right? I mean, the church in its wisdom, right? Because what are we as human beings? We're a body-soul unity, right? You can't separate the two. That is what human nature is, right? A body-soul unity. And thus, the spiritual and corporal works of mercy work hand-in-hand with that. Why are they called works of mercy, Father? Yeah, sure. So, because uh, we have to do something, right? Like, <laughs> really? Um, Come on. They, 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 are, they are work. They are yeah. something that we are called to actually do. Um, and uh, the mercy, we think about mercy coming from God, right? God, it's a God-like action, and God asks us to imitate Him in Jesus Christ, so it helps alleviate uh, suffering, uh, both the physical but also a deep spiritual suffering, which we encounter as well. You know, what, what comes to mind, of course, Matthew 25, right? And I love Mother Teresa. She had the, what, what is commonly called, right, the five-finger gospel. You did it to me. So many people, Father, that I know that I, I never met Mother Teresa, but if you talk to someone that did, they said she just, she saw the face of Jesus in everyone. You did it to me. And I know for me, if, if I'm having, struggling with doing these spiritual and corporal works of mercy, which let's face it, I, I struggle <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> help seeing someone as an image of Christ really helps me. And I think about Mother Teresa. I don't, I don't know what yeah. helps you, but to, to give us some thoughts and maybe some pointers on how we can do that. Yeah, sure. So it is, as, as Jesus tells us in, in the scene of, of the Last Judgment in Matthew 25, that uh, when we do these things or don't do these things, um, we are either doing them for Jesus or, or we're denying our Lord. Uh, and that's a really important thing. And I, I think there's the other side of that, right, is that as we encounter these people, we also want them to encounter Christ in our actions towards them. And so that's something to consider as well, is as we do these works of mercy— we're not only seeing Christ in others, um, which, thanks be to God, <laughs> but also it's our mission to help bring Christ to them in those actions. Yeah, you know, that, that's so true. Again, we're, we're talking with Father Seth Goggolin. Did I say that right, Father? Goggolin? Yeah, Goggolin. Yep. Goggolin, okay, of the Diocese <laughs> of Duluth, about the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. Um, of course, our, our, our church teaches about it. Uh, tell us a little bit about the teaching of the church with these, Father. Yeah, sure. So, uh, the Church teaches us that, um, we see it in the Catechism, actually, under the, the Seventh Commandment, so thou shalt not steal. So it's actually an act of justice, mm. uh, so to speak, uh, to do these. But the Church refers to them, of course, as, as mercy. And sometimes we can confuse mercy and justice a little bit, thinking, like, well, if we're merciful, then we're not actually being just. We're not actually giving people what their due is. But um, mercy actually does fall under justice. It, it, goes, it goes beyond justice, so it's not other than it, it gives the it gives the love and mercy of, of God. And so the Church teaches us that these are things, charitable actions, that we're actually supposed to do for others. We're to come to their aid and help them uh, with these things. They're, it's, a command, it's a command from God. So true. And, and, and we find several examples, like in the Scriptures, of course, Matthew 25, but, but things like the Good Samaritan, we see it all over the place in the Scriptures, don't we? Oh, we do. Um, so the, the, the corporal works of mercy, of course, are listed by, by Christ. Um, in Matthew 25, but we, we see them done, yeah, and uh, commanded in parables, but also the spiritual works of mercy, although not a nice, neat list. I mean, these are the things that, that Jesus himself does. Uh, he admonishes us, right, rebukes the sinner. Um, he's constantly teaching us, especially the apostles, instructing the ignorant. Um, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Have fit you have faith in God, have faith also in me, counseling the doubtful. Um, he is often praying for them that they might be one. Um, forgiving offenses willingly, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. So 
even though we have a nice neat list of the corporal, not the spiritual, we do see Jesus uh, modeling all of those throughout Scripture for us. So true. And, and if there's a word, I guess, that comes to my mind, Father, that would sum all these up, it's love. For instance, Paul, I think it's in Romans 13, says, you know, the, the fulfillment of the law is love. Love is the fulfillment of the law. The idea of just really thinking of others first, as you mentioned, putting them first and loving them really is the key to all this, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So to, to will the good of another is to love them, right? And so to look out for their, their physical needs, the corporal works of mercy, and also for their souls, their spiritual needs. You know, I, I find it, so I, I know I just keep going back to Mother Teresa, but I think she's a great example, and a lot of people know of her. I just, I'm, I'm so impressed uh, with, with Mother Teresa and, and what she would do. I mean, she was, you know, she was, was not afraid, right, to, to speak her mind. Let's face it, the truth of, of what Jesus teaches. She wasn't afraid to speak anywhere, whether it's the United Nations or whether it was on the, the slums or streets of Calcutta. One story that, that uh, someone shared with me, I never saw Mother Teresa, but she, there was a man that she brought in off the street, and this, this, he was a priest. He, he says, how can I help you? She says, I want you to sh- I want you to shave and bathe that man, and so he said the man didn't speak to him. He said, but as he went over and started to just love, he said, I just I just touched him first, you know, just just gave him a touch because he said I had seen Mother Teresa do that before she, you know, took care of the problem, quote unquote, shave and bathe. She saw them as a person. I think that's one of the things that maybe our culture gets wrong, Father, is that we want to cure the malady, right? You know, to whatever it is. But if we address the person first and throughout, now we're addressing the whole thing, not just, oh, okay, now I've got you, I've got you cured now. No, they're a person. And, so, and he said, after he touched that man, the man started crying and, and, as he loving. And it said it made him more loving when he was doing the action of shaving and bathing. He really saw him as Christ. So I guess my whole point is seeing each other first as the person you know, of Christ before we, quote, unquote, do this act. I think is key, at least in my mind. What What are your thoughts? No, I agree, because we don't want to um, see those who are in need as the problem that just simply needs to be fixed so that we feel more comfortable. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, Christ calls us to encounter those in need, uh, to show them that love, that they are um, His creation, and especially for the baptized children of God, right? And mm-hmm. that um, to encounter them in such a way which helps bring them to the, to the deeper love of Jesus Christ, not simply just to a problem that can be fixed. Right. And, and so many times I'm, I'm just reminded in the scriptures, yes, sometimes Jesus does heal, like the centurion's faith. Hey, you know, I, I don't even have to be there to, to heal. I'm great. And, and he does that. But look, think of how many times, at least in my mind, he touches someone, right? Or, or he puts spit on the ground and puts mud on the ass. He, it's physical touch that he uses with the healing to really show his love for the person. Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely right. So there, there has to be something, uh, uh, that connection, when we, when we meet with people, to, to say, you know what, I, I love you, and let me, let me show you that by encountering you, even mm. before we address anything else. Mm. That, that is so true, that is so true. You know, Father, so, so many places, and think about spiritual things. Of course, you know, we talk about encounter, let maybe talk about John 4 for just a little bit, the woman at the well, the, the good Samaritan, I'm sorry, the woman at the well, Samaritan woman at the well, yeah. there we go. You know, uh-huh. that's a powerful encounter right, where Jesus takes himself, and he changes her, doesn't he? Yes. So, yeah, he, he meets her where she is, yep. speaks with her, and, and speaks right to her heart, mm. speaks to the, the, the issues, the, even the sin that she struggles with, and through that encounter, she, she is a new woman. She goes out and proclaims Jesus to all. <laughs> yeah. 
Isn't that amazing? He leaves her water, jar her old way of life, and proclaims, yeah. yeah, that when Jesus touches us, we cannot help but be changed. And I think what you're saying in these spiritual and corporal works of mercy, we are Jesus to others then, and they to us, right? In that way, we never, we, we're, we're changed. We're forever changed. Amen. Mm, that's so good. Father, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the spiritual and corporal works of mercy and how to specifically apply them to our Lenten journey. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. In addition to eye exams for children and adults, Lumen Vision provides custom contact lens services for patients with keratoconus, severe dry eyes, and hard-to-fit prescriptions. These specialty contact lenses can be made for single vision, astigmatism, and multifocal prescriptions. For more information about Lumen Vision's contact lens services, our website is www.lumen.vision. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our final segment here on today's Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser. We're talking with Father Seth Goglin in the Diocese of Duluth about the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. Father, there's a, probably some correlation between these two, spiritual and corporal. Uh, why don't you connect that for us, please? Sure, Tim. Thanks so much uh, for having me again. And uh, yeah, as we talked earlier in the, the program, uh, it's about who we are as human beings, being a body-soul composite. And so we can never really take care of, of one thing to ignore ignore the other. And, um, you know, here in the city of Duluth, even, um, there there are um, a lot of homeless people. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been able to see a great example from my brother priest, as well as laity, who have shown me, and I've been able to encounter myself, as, as you meet these people, and certainly the, the obvious physical needs are there, the corporal works of mercy need to be given to help feed them and 
uh, clothe them, etc. But the the deep need they have um, just to be talked to and to be told about Jesus Christ um, is a, a wonderful thing. So to be able to stop and, and not just give them a need, which helps them in a physical way, uh, but to actually sit and, and speak with them and, and talk to them about, well, what's going on in your life? And, and to have them um, not only encounter Jesus, hopefully through me <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and others, but to, to, to proclaim the gospel to them in a way maybe they haven't, they haven't heard it before. So true. That's so important, again, addressing the person. That is so true. You know, I've, I've often wondered, Father, so we have a list. You know, there's seven of each, seven yeah. spiritual. So, so is, is the list necessary? How did we get the list, I guess? Yeah, so, that, so that's a good question. So um, ultimately, they're provided to us by, by the Church. I mean, in Matthew 25, we have six of the seven right there from the Lord. Feed the hungry, give drink, clothe the naked, welcome the stranger, visit the sick, and visit the prisoner. Um, but then also to, to bury the dead is added on there, uh, which we do see in Scripture, both Old and New Testament. Certainly we see that in the book of Tobit, but also the Lord himself uh, being buried and us following in that example. Uh, and then the Church also provides for us the spiritual works of mercy. As I, I talked earlier in the program, we don't have a list from our Lord, uh, but they're the things that he does. <laughs> yeah. Instructs the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, admonish the sinner, bear wrongs, patiently forgive offenses, willingly for the afflicted, and pray for the living and the dead. And um, as was necessary, in a sense, in a sense, just as the commandments are necessary, yes, right. As, as Paul talks mm-hmm. to us about um, having freedom from the law, uh, that freedom to not have to have the list comes after it's a part of us. Comes after we know Jesus and love Jesus so much that we don't need the list to live the way Jesus asked us to. And so, a list can be helpful for a lot of reasons. Like, okay, I'm trying to live my faith. Here's the way to do it through the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. But once that becomes part of who we are and how we regularly live our life as disciples, the list remains, but we don't need it anymore, so to speak. Exactly. Uh, someone who's, for instance, proficient in basketball doesn't need the rule book in front of them, <laughs> or someone who's proficient in music doesn't need to have the definitions of notes and sharps and flats. As you mentioned, as part of their life, they just live it. That's so good. I, I get it. That, that makes good sense, Father. Um, well, let's talk specifically about our Lenten journey then. How, how would you suggest that these spiritual and corporal works of mercy can help us and enrich our, our Lenten journey. Right. So, as we all heard on Ash Wednesday from our Lord about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and, and doing this, but not doing it out so we can be seen, but doing it out of love for God and, uh, and love for our neighbor, uh, all these uh, works of mercy help us with uh, be, being able to pray, fast, and to give alms. Um, you know, some of the things, and we'll maybe talk about um, some practical ways and being intentional about this, too, but uh, to be able to uh, give of ourselves uh, through almsgiving, through uh, being able to give, give of um, clothing and to, to feed the hungry, um, these are ways that we can uh, do that. And to uh, bring people that are in need uh, to our prayer time, especially one of those uh, spiritual works of mercy that sometimes is challenging for others, which is, uh, to forgive offenses willingly, um, that can really only be done uh, by bringing that to, to our Lord in prayer and going to confession frequently uh, to ask the Lord for that gift, too. And as we fast, um, you know, it it's opens our spiritual senses so that we can hear the Lord speak to us more clearly and be open to where the Lord might bring us to, uh, to do these works of mercy, too. So true. Makes makes sense, Father says. I'm just thinking as you're talking here, the the, the forgiving all, all injuries, um, you know, willingly, happily. Mm-hmm. Family life, right? I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. about other people's families. I had six brothers and sisters. 
And even though, let's face it, it was almost always their fault when things went wrong. No, wait a minute. <laughs> but, but anyway, the, the whole idea, maybe break it down. What are a couple of things we can do as families, yeah, to get, even in our family life, to, to put these into work? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think, yeah, when it comes to, to that, to, first of all, to just recognize that, that we, we do hurt each other, even when it's not intentional. And sometimes when it is, to be able to um, forgive each other, to have that openness as a family, to be able to say, I'm, I'm sorry, and then to accept that and to, to forgive one another. And to also, with the bearing wrongs patiently, another, another one to, to understand that even though we may be hurt, it's not, it's not as though everyone is always intentionally out to get us, even if we yeah. feel things <laughs> that way, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, to, to, be, to be more patient and more charitable uh, towards each other and to live these things out as a family, too. I mean, <clears throat> helping out in, in towns that have food shelves, to volunteer, to donate, uh, to work at soup kitchens, to to do a, um, a giving up of clothing together as a family, go through the closets. How can we help uh, those who are in more need than, than we are? Um, challenging right now, uh, sometimes still with the COVID stuff to go to hospitals and nursing homes, but boy, do those who are in those nursing homes love visits, especially uh, from young families. Uh, to, to see that as a, a beautiful thing that can be done and hopefully will be able to be done more re- readily as a family moving forward. That's such a good point. As you're mentioning, we have the gift to be able to, again, my wife and I have a four-year-old son, and, and just yesterday I was, I do some speaking and, and music as well, but our four-year-old son was able is able to come sometimes, and you're so right. When he comes, well, first of all, his personality is amazing. He comes in and says, hi, you know, and he, he just, he welcomes people, asks them their name in this nursing home setting, right, or, or, or uh, assisted living or whatever it is. It total, It just totally brightens their day. You're absolutely right. And it brings tears to my eyes that God has given this this child to us, you know, for, for a short time, right, to love and to teach how to love, that he is just openly giving of himself in this way. It's a, it's a small way, but but it's a real way and really does affect people's lives. I guess one thing that comes to mind too, Father, it doesn't have to be a great thing. As Mother Teresa says, going back to her, little things done with great love. That's right. Wonderful. Father, any other, any other thoughts about our Lenten journey, especially as it relates to the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. Yeah, I think just to, to remember that um, our our time in Lent and also living out the, the spiritual and corporal works of mercy are meant to transform us, right? Like it's it's by God's grace that we aren't just just covered by by Jesus, but through through cooperating with His grace, He transforms us and conforms our hearts more to Him, so that. Indeed, as we uh, do these works of mercy, they become who we are. So, like we said, we don't need the list. Um, people can encounter Christ um, ju- just through meeting with us and by encountering us through these actions. Makes perfect sense, Father. Father, would you give us a blessing, please, before you go? I would be happy to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time of Lent. We thank you for the gifts of the corporal and spiritual works of mercy which help us conform ourselves to you and to love others as you love them. Please, God, give us the grace to always answer the call when you place it on our hearts to not just help others, but truly help them to encounter you. We ask this in your name, Jesus, for your Lord, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. Father Seth Goglin, Diocese of Duluth, thank you for enlightening us and giving us some practical examples of spiritual and corporal works of mercy. God bless you and your priestly ministry. All right, that's Father Seth Gogling in from the Diocese of Duluth. Well, Therese, we made it. And yeah. you only had to correct me about three or four times. Uh-huh. That's, that's, that's pretty good. 
<laughs> I don't remember having to correct you at all. Oh, yeah. well, that, that's okay. I, I can take it. Well, anyway, I, as, as good as this show was, I'm sure you have some excellent shows coming up. Yeah, we do. So tomorrow's Real Presence Live from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Father Josh Eli and Karen Selinski will be your hosts coming to you live from the Cathedral of the Holy Spirit in Bismarck, North Dakota. Dr. Ralph Martin will join us to share about the experience that gave him a glimpse of eternal love. Mm. And Sister Kathleen Atkinson will talk about serving those who fall through the cracks. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Wow. And will you be at the controls, Therese? I will, yes. Wow, look at you. Pushing (laughs) buttons, moving faders, doing such a good job, making phone calls, doing computer stuff. I'm not sure what all you do there, but you do it really well. I appreciate (laughs) that. Thank you. I was a little lonely here when we first came because uh, we had the Duluth Banquet last night, right? Yes, yep. So um, Good turnout, I understand. I I believe so. I I talked to um, Mark and Eli this morning, and I think they said about 250 was their estimate. So I'm sure we'll hear... um, uh, closer, a more accurate accurate number yeah. in a couple of days. But oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, and we'd so. like to thank all our listeners too for supporting. You know that we have obviously many, many, you know, dozens of of signals, and uh, we just want to thank you for your support in so many ways. Prayers, financial support. It's it's just amazing how the first uh, the first real presence radio banquet in Fargo. I actually my group sang for, and there was maybe three or four tables. You know, and now it's grown to thousands when, when you count all the banquets together. So thanks again for your support. All right, well, have a great Lent. And until next time, just reminding you to practice your faith every day. God bless you. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.